Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Alexa. And this is Brianna. And we're Sugar and, and, we're Spice. Sugar and Spice. And you're listening to Duke, Duke Love Wrestling. Wrestling. Okay, folks. Listen, if you checked out the pay-per-view from this past Saturday, Impact Wrestling Slammiversary, it was just something to be seen. I really feel like Impact hit the reset button, you know, with everything going on all over the world and, and really in the pro wrestling world, they hit the reset button and now they're ready to knock it out of the park. And they're starting off with Slammiversary so many different changes. You know, they, they crowned a new world champion, uh, both on the women's and the men's side. So it's just really crazy stuff there. So I said, you know something? You folks know I love to collaborate with people, especially uh, folks who I interact with on social media. And I got one guy who I've been interacting with for years. You know, he does some real creative stuff on his YouTube channel. Just a good dude. So I said, you know what, let me, let me get this guy together. Let's do this special together here and see how it goes. So without further ado, welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, my man, the one, the only, Wallbucks. What's going on, brother? I am doing great, man. It's been a great weekend. We've got one down and we got one more to go, man. You know, Slammiversary was last night, Extreme Rules is tonight, and I'm very excited and you know, let's just jump right into it. Slammiversary was, in, first of all, in your opinion, without digging into the matches first, just tell me about the overall pay-per-view. What did you think? I thought the overall uh, feeling was way beyond any expectations I've probably ever had going into a, a TNA show. Like, it was my first time buying a TNA pay-per-view in about three years, and Got to say, it was it was well worth the wait, and I was getting those feelings I had about 10 years ago back in 2009 and 2010 when TNA was really firing all cylinders. And, there, and during that time, honestly, there was a lot of those shows and pay-per-views that were better than anything the WWE was producing. And without uh, digging in too much right away, I'll say by the end of it, I definitely felt like uh, they've leveled up without a doubt. What was the first match uh, for Slammiversary? Let's, let's jump right into that one. Yeah, man, absolutely. It was uh, Chris Saban and Alex Shelley, the Motor City Machine Guns, uh, accepting the open challenge from the Rascals. And, man, they had one of the best tag team matches I've seen not only this year, but possibly in the last year and a half, maybe even two years, man. Like, I had never seen the Rascals or heard of the Rascals uh, before this broadcast last night. And, uh Wow, I, I was I was really amazed at how skilled they were, man. And in the end, it was the Motor City Machine Guns picking up that one, two, three, and uh, it, it was a hell of a way to start off uh, Slammiversary, without a doubt. Sure, and, and you know that was a definitely. It was almost as if the Motor City Machine Guns were looking into a mirror, and they were wrestling themselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that was a, a real interesting back and forth match. The Rascals, two young guys getting it done in there. I was surprised with, by the finish, though, because I feel like the Motor City Machine Guns, they could have lost that match and still been okay. Yeah, definitely. By beating the Rascals, where do the Rascals go now? 
you know, so it's it's almost as if they sacrificed the rascals in order to push the Motor City machine guns to the next level here. And we'll see where that goes. But that was really a, a surprise for me to see the, the veterans go over in the Motor City machine guns. But it was a pretty good match, though, right? Absolutely, man. Uh, I was watch. I had my brother come over, and he was uh, watching it with me. And uh, man, we gave it four out of five stars, man. Like it, it was really, it was that good, man. And that other team, you know, they might have lost to uh, the stars, but I definitely uh, see them having a good, a good summer, good fall. I mean, that that's how good the showing was. I definitely don't think they lose any momentum. It was just a. Uh, a small bump in the road, which gets to another point in the show. We had Heath Slater making his TNA Impact debut. And uh, once he got backstage, he ran into his partner, Rhino. And it looks like uh, they're going to be a team. So I could see the Rascals maybe facing them for uh, Heath and Rhino's first match as a team back together in almost four years. So. That's where I see the Rascals going, just to kind of bring it full circle. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And shout out to the man formerly known as Heath Slater. I think he's just going to go by Heath now, mm-hmm. which, you know, we know who he is. Like you said, that's Heath yeah. Slater, Slater Gator. <laughs> and, yeah, him getting back together with Rhino would be the best thing going right now. Makes a lot of sense. And shout out to Heath. I mean, he's in great shape. He really looks like um, a grown man. <laughs> no, he, he looks like somebody who understands how it all can be taken away from you. And, and when he you know, says, I got kids and he's got to take care of his family and stuff, he would say that. And it was kind of a joke because it was just kind of a funny thing to say. But yeah, he actually looks like a guy who has been to hell and back, who understands what it means to go without, to be in a position where you don't know when the next meal is going to hit the table. And you have all these mouths to feed in the house. So now when Heath says, I got kids, I got to be out here. I got to do what I got to do. It's, you know, I don't mean to hurt you, man, but I got kids. I got to make this money. I will actually believe him now because he actually looks like somebody who personally believes that himself. You know, am I on to something there? Absolutely, man. I kind of think that, uh, his transformation in 2020 kind of, in a lot of ways, reminds me of the transformation uh, that um, Ty Dillinger had in the Sean Spears last year. Like, Sean Spears, once he was no longer Ty Dillinger, it's like he became a completely different wrestler. Like, I, I take him so much serious, more seriously now. Like he went from somebody that I wasn't really a fan of to one of my absolute favorite wrestlers, you know, it's just by tweaking up a few different things. And uh, I see, I see a lot of that similar transformation with what Heath has, has done in a very much shorter span of time too, to be honest. Sure. And it's, it, it says something too. I mean, when a person has to go from a gimmick that was more fun loving and, and ha ha to something that's a, a hell of a lot more serious, it really makes you wonder, is that a sign of maturity or is that just a sign of life kicking you in the butt and you responded to it? You know, makes me wonder. All right, what was the next match on the card then? We had the, um, I believe it was the the gauntlet uh, women's match that uh, 
I thought it was a little bit different than what I thought it would be. Like, like usually when you think of a gauntlet match, it's a one-on-one match. Somebody loses, they face somebody else, so on and so forth, till the end of the uh, the set of people is has been depleted. But what they did this time is they kind of did it Royal Rumble style, and uh, they had a battle royal. And then until they got to the end, then it turned into a one-on-one uh, regular wrestling match. And there, there was a lot of people in that match, man. It was well, probably 10 or 12 different ladies, some, somewhere in that range. Uh, Madison Rain didn't even make it to the final four. She was like the sixth to last person eliminated. She was my pick to win. Kira Hogan, that was my other pick to win. And then she went out right after her. So the two people I was rooting for in that match were eliminated, you know, right, literally right before the final four of the match and the winner of that match was a uh, former AEW uh, superstar Kylie Ray. And uh, she had a hell of a showing in that match. And uh, she is now the number one contender for the impact championship. She, yeah, that, uh, that was an interesting um, match there. Like you said, starting off with the confusion in terms of what were the rules for the match? I mean, as you said, they call it a gauntlet match. So you think that people are just having regular wrestling matches and a person gets added after a person's eliminated from the match. But it, it started off really as a, as a battle royal where you could be thrown out of the ring and that would be considered a loss. So that was very interesting. And then, like you said, at the end, a pinfall won the match. Yeah. Which I, didn't, I don't understand why they would put that in there. It didn't. It didn't register for me personally. It, it was confusing. And I don't recall, and, and you can let me know, Wall Bucks, I don't recall them going over the rules of the match before the match started. Do you recall uh, that? They most certainly did not. So that, that's what I mean, <laughs> just, just complete confusion. Um, beyond that, though, I was very impressed with Tasha Steeles. I think she is just a superstar. She's a future champion. She's got a lot of personality. I think she she can cut a mean promo, too. She can get it done. She reminds me of an 80s heel, the way that she works, too. So so kudos to whoever trained her, and kudos to Tasha Steeles for putting it together. She works like an 80s heel. There's just a lot of fun stuff mixed into everything that she does, including when she's responding to the ref and what have you. Uh, so I was disappointed to see her get thrown out, especially as early as it happened. I also was interested to see more of Nevaeh. I think she's a very talented person. Um, Nevaeh is also in WoW Superheroes. So she's somebody that has just really been doing a great job over the past year or so on television in general, you know? So she's really, her stock is moving up. And I think as a single, she could be a real contender for the the uh, Impact Wrestling Women's Championship. But in the end, Kylie Ray winning, I didn't like it. I really didn't like it at first. It made more sense after we saw the Knockouts Women's Championship, which we'll get to Great. later. Great. It made more sense from a, from a storyline perspective why Kylie Ray would win the gauntlet match to be the number one contender. But, but on its own, by itself, I just did not understand that. Um, I think Impact is in, in some trouble here with their women's division where they have all these talented competitors, but unfortunately – their their baby faces are, are just so weak. They're they're very short on baby faces and they have great, great heels. 
So I think that Impact really needs to develop baby faces more. And Kylie Ray is not going to be enough. I really think they got to get some folks who can be dedicated to being fan favorites in order for this thing to, to be a little bit more balanced. Because all you, even in that match, that gauntlet match, all you saw was just badasses in there. And that's great, except for the fact that it doesn't work for feuds long term. You got to have that good versus evil, man. That's, that's the best way to make it work. So we'll see what happens. But again, Kylie Ray with the victory, confusing match, but still a lot of talent in there. And, and I, yes. wasn't, I wasn't mad at the match. It just it was confusing. It was, it was really the biggest issue for me. Well, well, for me, for what it was worth, um, you know, something I mentioned to my brother when, when we were watching it was that uh, – Honestly, I thought that was one of the best women's matches I had seen all year, even though it was a little bit different in the concept in and of itself. Like, as far as bell-to-bell, like, actual wrestling action, like, it was better than any of the women's matches I've seen in AEW since the virus has kind of taken over everything we know and love, man. Like, it's definitely been one of the best women's matches of the whole uh, CV era, honestly, like it was, it was decent, man. It was a nice lengthy match and uh, there's a lot of talented women in there. And it definitely, despite the, uh, the very valid point that you made of there kind of being a lot more wicked, cool heels than, you know, respectable. I can get behind these kind of people, good guys, you know, despite that, I mean, they still showed that they had, they have, excuse me, a tremendous, amazing women's uh, knockouts division. And I just uh, was very, very happy with uh, what they gave us. And it was a nice change of pace, too. And as a big fan of Royal Rumbles myself, I kind of liked the uh, mini Royal Rumble element of it. You know, so it was, it was fun. I can't, Good can't call. complain. Three Good stars. Call. Good call. And kudos to, to Impact Wrestling, who consistently show that they care about women's wrestling that they support women's wrestling. They constantly feature multiple women's matches on their cards, which is very important because you have so many promotions who, for whatever reason, they act as if they can only show one women's match a week. Like, you know, you show more than one women's match on TV or pay-per-view, then, you know, maybe the world will end or something. Can't do that, <laughs> you know? But it's, it's really something. embarrassing when you think about that. Um, and we know who those companies are. But when you see something like what Impact Wrestling consistently does, it is just refreshing and it's respectful and, and I'm all for it, man. So, yeah, you're right. And kudos to Impact for what they do. All right, what do we have next? Uh, then, uh, well, I, actually, this the match placement of this I thought was really bizarre. And uh, actually, it was the second match on the card, uh, the, the, the Battle Royal Royal Rumble deal. That was actually after this. But uh, – it was Tommy Dreamer and uh, Moose, actually, man. Like, I really thought that would have been, like, closer toward the end of the night, and they put it in so early, man. It, it screwed my head up, man. But the thing that really surprised me was how dominant and just overpowering Moose was on Tommy Dreamer. Yes, I know Tommy Dreamer is a veteran, and he's been around a while. But, I mean, to be fair, he did start at kind of a younger age, and that's why he's – still able to do what he does now. And it's just, it wasn't until like toward the end of the match that he even got the offense in. And, but honestly it, it was, it was an, it was a public ass kicking of, of Tommy dreamer and moose decisively retained his TNA world title. And it was, wasn't a bad match, but I was hoping it had been a little bit more competitive. 
two and a half stars for me. Yeah, I wouldn't even give it that much. I mean, I, I got to tell you, I'm very, I'm, I'm very disappointed that Tommy Dreamer even laces up the boots still. I think for a guy who, like him, whose body is so worn out, and you can tell he has trouble moving, um, he has no business being in a match like this. And, and then you got a guy like Moose, who is just a, a monster, and he's doing all these flippy moves. I mean, I, I think back to Brock Lesnar doing that shooting star press at WrestleMania and eating the canvas. He, he literally landed on his face. Remember that match he had with Kurt Angle? Brock Lesnar has no business doing shooting star presses. Moose has no business doing moonsaults and all this other nonsense that he's been practicing and doing. But it's so damn impressive, though. It's impressive, but it's <laughs> unnecessary. It's, 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 like, it's like the big show doing a drop kick. Early in the big show, big show's career, I'm I'm serious. The guy had a hell of a drop kick early in his career. I mean, it was just it was impressive because it, this is a giant doing a drop kick. Until you realize this is a giant doing a drop kick. <laughs> I love it. So I love the analogy. I when, when I see a guy like Moose do a moonsault, I just got to turn the channel because it's like, all right, that, well, what are you doing? You know, you're 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 a guy who's in the NFL. You're a big, strong dude. You look like somebody who can hurt somebody. Put that man in a bear hug. Put that man, work a damn hold. You know what I mean? Pick him apart piece by piece, work a hold. And I'm going to tell you something, and I hope you're listening, Moose, because I never liked you, to be honest with you. But I'm going to tell you something there, uh, Walbuck. I was, I was watching that women's match between Jordan Grace and Deanna Perrazzo, and I think Fire. every man on this card needs to sit down in the classroom and they need to watch that match to learn how to work a body part and work a hold and, and work to a finish because you wore down an opponent's body part. I think they need to learn from those ladies on how to actually wrestle because all I saw was a bunch of fip, flippy nonsense that made no sense, especially from a guy like Moose, who should be, who should be working a hell of a lot more closer to a, a Hercules Hernandez or something instead of working like he wants to be Ray Mysterio Jr. Just embarrassing. Brother, 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 brother. No, no, you're not. That doesn't like catch your eye when somebody can do that. That is such a rare thing with the big people. It embarrasses That's why, me. That's why Brian Cage is so good, man. You know, like Brian Cage would just be a better boring wrestler if he wasn't is that literally gifted, man? Like, if the big guys want to do it, you know, that's cool as long as they're smart and don't try to do it so much to where they're putting themselves at risk. But I, I don't see no problem with it. I got to respectfully I, disagree with you there, brother. I do not want to see are, – are you a basketball fan? Are you an NBA fan? No, sir. Okay. Well, I, I'll use the analogy anyway. I, well, I'll use a different analogy then. Are, are you a football what, – what's your sport of choice? Uh, besides pro wrestling and MMA, you know, I, uh, like NASCAR, you know, I'm a monster truck. I'm a motocross, uh, kind of okay. guy. Let's, let's take, let's take, uh, let's take monster truck. Cause I, I was, a, I was, a, I grew up on Bigfoot. I was a big Bigfoot fan. You remember Bigfoot? Yeah. I had the video game on, uh, the NES classic. Yes, sir. I used to watch Bigfoot. And what was interesting is that. When wrestling would, would go off on Saturday mornings, uh, they would show Monster Truck. So wrestling would lead into Monster Truck. So I got to see Bigfoot, and it was just awesome every week. I even had Bigfoot toys and things like that, right? Okay. Can you imagine Bigfoot 
going into F, forget about NASCAR, going into F1 racing and racing around the track, zipping around the track like one of these little F1 cars (laughs) or something like that. Stay in your lane. You're a big monster truck. Crush things. Literally crush them. I don't want to see you zipping around like you're some F1 racer and, 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 you know, flying through the air or something like that when you get into a crash. You're, You're a damn monster truck. (laughs) <laughs> so, so that's my analogy from Moose. Moose needs to be more Bigfoot, and he needs to be less F1 racing, if you ask me. Fair enough. I, I, I see your point there. That's, that's a hell of a visual, though, man. I can't lie. <laughs> that's, hey, listen, you, I, I'm good for that much, okay? <laughs> All right, what do we have next on the uh, agenda there? Uh, looks like next uh, after that we had. Uh, I want to say it was. Uh, oh, oh yeah. How could I forget? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was the X Division uh, title with uh, Chris Bay against uh, Willie Mack. And honestly, I, I uh, pointed this out uh, with my brother. The the first thing I noticed, man, and it's something you don't almost ever see looking throughout the history books seeing not one, but two African-American performers involved in, in a one-on-one, you know, major championship match. That's just, a, that's a nice uh, thing to see because it's, it's not something that I can even remember the last time it happened. It's, a, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's cool to see that, man. And they gave us one of the absolute best wrestling matches I'd seen in, in quite some time. Um I was I was very impressed with it, man. And uh, in the end, we had an, a new star made in Chris Bay, and uh, I can't wait to see what what he does as uh, the new X Division champion. Hell of a match, man! Four stars, brother. Yeah, yeah. I was I was up for this match, and you're absolutely right to see two black wrestlers compete for a title and to put on the exhibition that they did to to just really tear the house down the way that they did. It flies in the face of the narrative that wrestling companies can't hire more black male singles wrestlers because who can we get? Who exists? It flies in the face of the, of the notion that black male singles wrestlers can't be at the top of the card because for some, some reason there's this concept that, well, they're just not as good or, you know, they're not as marketable or, you know, all this nonsense, all these ridiculous excuses. We, we live in a society where black male athletes are some of the top endorsers for products, right? So all these companies, you got your Nikes, you got your food companies, your car companies, insurance, you name it. You see black male athletes more often than not in the advertisement. And yet in pro wrestling, you got these companies who act as if having a black male at the top of your card or as any kind of champion is something that just can't happen. You know what I mean? So that's, it's when you see guys like Willie Mack and Chris Bay do what they did, I absolutely agree with you, man. It just it flies in the face of that kind of nonsense. And, and I'll say this. First of all, Willie Mack needs to be in the Impact Wrestling title hunt. I think that he doesn't, he doesn't need to be in the X Division any longer. He needs to move up the card because he's that good. And Chris Bay is absolutely a future Impact Wrestling champion. Because this guy is just completely talented. I, I've been on Chris Bay. I've been, I've been all over him, and he'll tell you. I've been on, on his back, and I've let him know that he needs to pay attention to Johnny Swinger since that's his coach. And Chris Bay needs to um, do the right thing 
and not be losing matches, man. It needs to really get it done in the ring. You know, all that ultimate finesse stuff doesn't matter. When the bell rings, you need to kick some butt. And to his credit, he kicked his butt all the way to the X Division Championship. So as a result, Chris Bay, the next time we have the barbecue, brother, and you know what I'm talking about, the barbecue, you um, are allowed to get the first plate, which means Chris Bay will be allowed to have the big piece of barbecue ribs. Okay? And, and, and let me tell you something, Wallbucks, and you know what I mean. Whoever gets the first plate, they can get the big piece of ribs, man. Okay? Yeah, We're yeah. talking the real meaty, juicy one, the one that was cut that perfect way. There's a piece of meat on both sides of the bone, and it's just it's the best one. All right? That's the crown jewel of the barbecue. Chris Bay gets it because he's the new X Division champion. It's also the freshest piece, too. Let's not forget that. See, you knew exactly what I'm talking about. See, that's what it is. That's why you're the Wallbucks. You know what I'm talking about, brother. So, so shout out to Chris Bay and shout out to Willie Mack, just two incredible performers. And again, any wrestling promotion out there, if you don't understand that that's the type of talent that's out there and there is no reason why you can't have two guys like that tearing the house down, then I don't know what to tell you. You need to get out of the dark ages and, and come into reality here. Right. <laughs> oh, you couldn't have said that better, man. Yes, sir. Very, yes, sir. very well said. What do you got next? Uh, looks like after that, it was, um, I do believe, oh, man, it was, that was a long, long, long. The one, one thing I noticed uh, right away was um, there, there was a point in the night during one of the matches, and this I almost guarantee will make Boston Mania where there was music playing like during one of the matches, like for a good, like 30, 40 seconds, somebody's music was just randomly playing during uh, one of their matches. And I, I just uh, thought that was hilarious. And, uh, and then right before the match I'm about to bring up, there was another technical glitch um, where they had just like had the camera focused on like some random part of the arena and then they like went to a graphic and then like the graphic was like paused forever. And then we get the package for Sammy Callahan and Ken Shamrock against the North. And let me tell you that match was a little bit of a disappointment. I was just, I was expecting it to, to be just a little bit more exciting. And I definitely was not expecting the North to make it to one year is the damn Impact Champions beating Ken Shamrock, the world's most dangerous man, and and Sammy Callahan, the former TNA, uh, excuse me, Impact uh, World Champion, two former world champions, two former, you know, world-traveled athletes that have been everywhere, that have beaten up so many big names. For the resume that they both individually have to lose to those guys, that was the biggest WTF moment of almost of the year for me of any wrestling pay-per-view I've watched to see two high caliber athletes like that lose to two relatively new superstars who, who have been around a few years, but haven't been around nearly as long as the combined time that Sammy Callahan and Ken Shamrock has. I mean, that's, that's a huge upset. Blunder. I'm going to give yeah. that a one. 
You know, I, I don't disagree with anything you said. And, and let me start off by giving a shout out to the North. Uh, two talented young men who were a little annoying in a good way. So you can't help but root against them because they're so annoying. So keep that up, fellas, because that's fun to watch. Um, let me be frank, okay? Because Ken Shamrock is a friend of mine. He, he's been on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. He's someone that I have a tremendous amount of respect for. I, I am one of the original UFC fans, so I, I remember watching Ken all the way back then. Uh, you know, whether we talk about his pancreas work or bare knuckle fighting, we, what have you. I am a, a Ken Shamrock guy, okay? So let me be frank about this. When you have a punk, when you have a punk by the name of Sammy Callahan, okay, the guy spits on himself. He literally spits in the air and then he walks underneath it and catches it with his face, okay? So when I see a guy like that, I say to myself, well, there's nobody in their right mind would ever be a tag team with a guy like that because he's disgusting, okay? But Ken Shamrock, you know, he's a good-hearted person. He decided to try to do the right thing and, and bring this nasty person along, try to help them, you know, maybe find some good hygiene or something like that. Who knows? Um, but Sammy Catalan had the, uh, the audacity to put his hands on Ken Shamrock. I mean, there were a couple of instances where he pushed him. And I'm just going to tell Sammy Callahan one time, you don't put your nasty hands on Ken Shamrock. That is the world's dangerous man. That is the UFC Hall of Famer. That is the godfather of mixed martial arts. That is the inaugural TNA Impact World Heavyweight Champion. You don't put your hands on a legend like Ken Shamrock. Okay, I don't know who you think you are, Sammy Callahan. I, I guess that spit has gotten into your face so much that you've lost your mind. But I'm just telling you, brother, I will have Ken Shamrock mess you up. And the only reason why he didn't do it is because we asked him to just, you know, try to go along and get along, try to help a guy out who, who needs some help. Because you do, Sammy, you need a lot of help. But I, I'm just telling you, I'm very disappointed in the fact that you, you, you are the reason why you lost that match. And I'm telling you, I will have Ken Shamrock mess you up if you ever put your hands on him again. If you ever even think about saying anything negative about Ken Shamrock, I'm going to have him mess you up, Callahan. I never liked you. I think you're disgusting. I think you're, you're just not a nice person. And I think that no one should be your tag team uh, partner because you don't know how to treat yourself. So how are you going to treat them right? That's all I got to say about that. Wow, man. Sammy Callahan is from the Midwest, and he, he wrestled here in Indianapolis about a decade ago, you know, in IPW and uh, FEW and a couple other ones around here. Like him and uh, John Moxley, they, they were always a lot on a, a lot of shows together, you know. So I, I seen both those guys, you know, before they were ever on television, you know. So I always have a very – personal soft uh, spot for them and I, I I can't root against them you know but I mean Sammy is a very dark individual and I can definitely see how he can turn some people against him so I mean I can't fault you there he's just he's good at being an nurse I suppose the only reason why Ken Shamrock didn't punch him in the face is because he didn't want to get any of Callahan's cooties on his on his fist Okay, but don't worry, because I'm going to have Ken, Kenny Shamrock put on some an, an extra layer of gloves so he can straighten this guy out the next time he steps out of line. I'm telling you, Callahan, you better watch yourself because the world's most dangerous man, he will knock you out. 
That's right. That's right. <laughs> what do you got next? And then after that, um, going back to the tag teams, um, it was the Motor City Machine Guns who had came out. And uh, on the next episode of Impact, it's going to be the Motor City Machine Guns, hopefully defeating the North, just, just to bring it full circle there. But as far as the next match would be, it would have to be the Deanna Perrazzo match where she soundly, decisively, and dominantly defeated Joining Grace. And I do believe that was your match of the night, right? Well, I, I wouldn't say it was my match of the night. I'm going to go with, with Willie Mack and, and Chris Bay, but I will say this match is something that the men can learn from in terms of how to, how to work a body part and then how to work that into a submission and win the match. That's, you know, there's no two ways about that. There wasn't any flippy moves in this match. This was an actual wrestling match. This was an actual fight. This was an actual battle for something that matters. So I was very impressed with that. But I, I will say, though, um, what disappointed me about this match, and I enjoyed the match, but what disappointed me is that Jordan Grace, like you said, she just got destroyed. She got steamrolled by Deanna Perrazzo. And I never liked Deanna Perrazzo because I feel like she has a habit of being too tall. And, you know, Jordan Grace is a monster. Deanna Peraza, you have no business being taller than Jordan Grace. I think that's very <laughs> selfish of you. I think it's ridiculous that you're taller than Jordan Grace. My and Lord. it just that's doesn't make any sense to me. I, so I think you need, to, you need to drop about three or four inches um, and stop being taller than Jordan Grace because Jordan Grace is an unstoppable force. And when, you get, when you're taller than her and you work a body part and you, you damn near rip her arm out of her socket, I mean, I, I don't know what to do with that, Deanna Perrazzo. I don't know who you think you are, but we don't do that around here, okay? So I'm just, I'm, I'm a little affected by this because I did not see that coming, and I'm still disappointed that Jordan Grace lost soundly in the middle of the ring. Deanna Perrazzo didn't even have to cheat, although I will say she did cheat because she was, she's taller, and that ain't right. So that's what okay. I said about that. I guess speaking of not right, what I think is kind of weird is how is Deanna the bad gal in all this? Like she, she should be like the ultimate baby face right now after getting done to her, what was done to her and being in the position that she was where she was prior in the WWE. And I just, I don't understand that. How, how is she being portrayed as, is the baddie here? Like that, that really throws me off. Like that's like my only complaint is like, that she's bad right now. And I'm, I'm a big fan of, of the heels and the bad guys. Always have been, always will be. But I just don't understand why somebody who is clearly in a situation to be propped up and be made into a beloved figure is being made out to be someone that is rooted against, especially against a champion that is almost at like the, the half a year mark, you know, and, She's a very controversial uh, girl from what I understand, and she's made a few people mad. We don't even really have to discuss that, but I just, I've always heard mixed things about her, and I just always was under the impression that Deanna had more of a, a fan base than, than Jordan Grace did, and the right call was made. I just think the roles uh, definitely should have been reversed there, and that, that, that kind of threw me for a loop. But overall, I definitely would like to give that uh, – I'll, I'll give it 
I'll give it like 4.5. It would have been a five, but I just, I could have went for a few less submission holds. I know that was something that you liked and I liked them too, but I, I would have liked to have seen just a little bit more high impact moves, like some slams and maybe a couple things by the turnbuckles and off the top rope. I would have liked a little bit more of that in the match. And then it would have been a complete five star match, but it was definitely my favorite match of uh, the entire show. Definitely. Without a doubt. Well, I mean, I, I hope you're not asking for more flippy moves because that, that wouldn't have worked for me. Um, we don't I'm need flippy that. moves in every match. But, I, again, I just want to reiterate this, and, and I'm sorry, Warbucks. I know that I'm going to get you in trouble because I'm, I'm calling certain people out, and I know that you have relationships with them. I know that you're very good friends with the, these wrestlers, especially a person like Deanna Perrazzo, who I understand that, you know, you went to the prom with her at one point. But no, what, we need to, what we have to put out here is something very important. And I think that for, for some of these wrestlers, they don't have respect. You don't come in from the outside and to somebody's promotion and be taller than them. I think that is just ridiculous, Deanna Perrazzo. And, and I think we need to check her boots and see what's going on because, you know, she might have some kind of elevation in there or something like that. Or maybe we need to check what, what kind of, you know, food she's eating. How the hell did she get tall? That's what I want to know. It's I think the everybody genes. wants to know. That's it. That's it's something ain't right, man. And I, and I think that, you know, that's why that she's having a hard time out there. I think people don't like Deanna Peraza right now because she's taller than Jordan Grace and she has no business doing that. So I'm, I'm just going to leave it there. That's a that's a hell of an angle to take, brother man. Like I I don't even know how to really reply to that, man. Like of all things, her being taller, like it's it's really disrespectful of her. It really is. It's how God made her, my man. Uh, I'm not buying that, and I and I think that she's a virtuoso. So you know, virtuosa. Excuse me. She's a virtuosa. So you know, she clearly you know figures some stuff out. She's part of that whole secret society of virtuoso who they do stuff. And she was able to make herself tall. And I just think that, that it's something that we really need to get out of this business. We have, we have no reason for people to be coming into Impact, being taller than Jordan Grace, and beating her in matches. That is unacceptable. And I think it, it has no place in the business right now. So I, I just, I'm getting so frustrated. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I'm so upset about it. <laughs> man man you are great for the laughs man i love it i love it well let's talk about the main or some people are calling it the lame event we got lied to man we got con bro it was supposed to be ec3 in that match it was supposed to be a four-way, but it turned into a five-way. And no, we didn't get EC3. And, and speaking of getting lied to, you know what else we got lied about that we've just kind of not talked about for some reason? Is uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, the Bullet Club, the club, the talking shop boys, you know, whatever you want to call them, they were supposed to be in a wrestling match in action but no that didn't happen but we'll we'll get back to that here in a second no we didn't get ec3 got rich swan coming back from injury you know i was a big fan of rich swan 
uh, back when he was in the WWE, you know, I uh, enjoyed what he did. You know, didn't really care for his theme music, but I, I enjoyed his matches, you know. And he's just, then he had that whole controversy, and then that, you know, happened and warped my opinion on him a little bit, and then come to find out it was all bullshit or, or whatnot, and that got, you know, taken care of, and he's moved on and whatnot. And anyway, he's just, you know, kind of just been here and there, not really that high on the radar and you know we didn't even expect to see him in action like earlier in the night he was shown on crutches and this son of a bitch comes walking out on the stage part of the match the fuck really then then we get eric young coming out of nowhere wow that 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 was really really a wig splitting moment I just didn't see that one coming. Like of all people, Eric Young. Um, I was I was happy it was him. You know, instead of Rich Swan being the only surprise. So I mean that was saving grace. And then we had uh, Trey, a guy I didn't even know existed until about forty eight hours before this uh, pay per view uh, took place. I, I really don't know nothing about him. The little bit of him that I've seen, I definitely think he has no business being in the world title picture. You know, he just doesn't. He's he screams generic wrestler to me. I just I don't see anything at all in him. At least not yet. You know, and that's just because I know so little about him and have only seen that that one match. And for but again, from what I've seen, I just didn't really. Couldn't really get behind it a whole lot. And then we had uh, Mr. Baseball back to the face himself, uh, Eddie Edwards. And it was uh, the former uh, American Wolf becoming the Impact Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion in the end. Wow, that match. God, I didn't see anything at all in that match happening at all. Like, that was the ultimate swerve that match was. Wasn't a terrible match. It wasn't a match I could really make fun of or pick apart from an actual action point of view, but just everything that took place and the eliminations that took place, I just didn't really understand or like any of it. I just thought that match was a blunder creatively and uh, the way it was executed. And uh, Eddie Edwards, he's a decent wrestler. He's good enough. You know, I like him, but I'm not a huge fan of him, but I like him. He's cool. I didn't expect to see him become the Impact World Champion. You know, it's it was a, shock, a shocking and a strange decision. But then we did get Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson coming out. And we got them completely cleaning up the house to sign us off of the pay-per-view. Or so we thought right before uh, the pay-per-view went off the air, we got a uh, video package of EC3. So he is going to come in after all. This just wasn't last night. And I thought that was bullshit, man. I absolutely hated to see that, man. I really felt cheated when that occurred. But overall, though, I'm going to go ahead and give the pay-per-view thunder. And I'm going to give 
it's a overall rating of a seven out of 10 because it was one hell of an effort and uh, they've got me back as a full-time watcher and I will be watching every Tuesday now. Definitely uh, not mad that I bought it. I'm just mad at the result, but as the old classic rock song goes, you can't always get what you want. But if you try sometimes, you get what you need. And we got what we needed, and that was some amazing professional wrestling action last night. There you have it, folks. You have Wahlbrook's uh, serenading you with his um, silk voice. That's right. Doing the, the classic, you can't always get what you want by the Rolling Stones. Please, Mick Jagger, don't try to sue me for that. It was just a clip. Just a clip. That's it. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't too impressed with this quote-unquote main event. It was disappointing. I don't know what Rich Swan is doing. If, if I'm standing there, I'm supposed to fight a guy, and I got to watch him dance to the ring, carrying on. I don't know what to do with that. And then he gets in the ring, and he's dancing more. Well, how about this? How about I go outside the ring, grab one of those crutches, and wrap it around his head, okay? You, you don't dance when you're fighting me. You come in the ring, and you fight. So, you know, Rich Swan being in that match didn't make any sense. And, and as far as I'm concerned, that was a, a, a weak way to reintroduce him to the company. I know he was coming off an injury. How did he get a title shot? And if he got a title shot, why isn't a one-on-one title shot? He was thrown into a mixed bag of nothing, dancing around like, like I don't even know what. So there's that. Uh, well, one thing I almost forgot to mention, Ace Austin was the, the uh, fifth member of that match. I got so wound up in the shockiness of that, I forgot to mention that he was in that match. And Honestly, he's one of the – he kind of reminds me of their version of uh, – I see a lot of Matt Taven in him with his appearance and him – the way he does his hair and, and coming out with a stick, kind of like how Matt Taven used to do. But I also see a lot of uh, Austin Theory and AJ Styles in him as far as his move presentation and stuff. And uh, I honestly would have preferred to see him shock the world and get the impact title than, than Eddie Edwards. Like Eddie Edwards has already been there and done that. And this was – this he didn't really have a whole lot of momentum anyway going into this, and it's just kind of felt like a, a weird move. It even would have made more sense if, if Eric Young would, would have won. I just it was a strange decision to say the least to have Eddie Edwards get that title. Well, and and I don't disagree with you with the the Ace Austin comment. I think I mean he's the guy with the the big um, bodyguard, so why wouldn't he win that match? But I, I'm not too impressed with Ace Austin overall. I think he still has a long way to go before he should be anybody's champion. But it would have made sense if he would have won that match. Um, Eric Young, it's another one who's wasted. You, you put him in the match, and he comes in there, and he's not able to properly showcase what he can do. I don't get it, but okay. Then you have a guy like Eddie Edwards, and I'm just going to talk to Eddie. Eddie's a, a, a fellow Bostonian like myself. I got a lot of respect for Eddie Edwards. I followed his career from day one. I like his wife. I think she's, she's cool. But I'm going to tell Eddie Edwards something right now. You need to make up your mind, Eddie. You, you can only go one way or the other. You can't have it both ways. You're either going to be the skinny guy or you're going to be the chubby guy. But you can't be the chubby, skinny guy. 
okay? Especially if you're going to be the world champion. I don't know what's going on with Eddie, why cosmetically he looks the way that he does. But listen, brother, either go full Yokozuna or tone up. But whatever it is that you got going on there, Eddie, I'm, I don't like it. And another thing, you've been brawling for too long, Eddie. It's okay to go back to being a wrestler. When you were in Ring of Honor, you were a wrestler. When you first came to Impact, you were a wrestler. At some point, you got into that ridiculous feud with Sam, Sammy Callahan, and he took that bat to your face. And ever since, you haven't wrestled a match again. You've just been brawling the whole time. And Eddie, it's, it's not going to work, man. It's not going to work. And I don't care if you got Gallows and Anderson, uh, me, you, your mama, or your cousin, too. I don't care who's behind you. I'm just telling you it's not going to work, man. You, you have to respect your craft enough to get back into shape or just completely be out of shape. You have to respect your craft enough to work a hold. You can't brawl your way through everything. So it didn't make any sense. Hey, come on. He's not Finn Balor. He's I mean, or Prince Devitt, I should say. He, he's not AJ Styles. I don't know what the hell Gallows and Anderson is doing behind Eddie Edwards. Eddie Edwards is best by himself. I don't know why he would need a click, and if he needs a click, then get a couple of guys from Boston to help him out. What are you doing with these guys? What are they going to do for you other than turn on you when it's time? <laughs> so it's an embarrassment, right? And, and again, I go back to this, this, this whole thing here. Like you said, you had EC3's package, which was cool. That was probably the coolest thing that happened uh, during the whole duration of that period from the time that main event started to the pay-per-view went off. And, you know, EC3, he's probably going to have his own stable, and that's going to be cool. But I tuned in to see him. I didn't tune in to see – I don't know if he's if he's skinny or if he's chubby or what Eddie Edwards winning the title. <laughs> I, I just don't Eddie get it. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. The guy wrestles with a shirt on because he doesn't know which way he wants to go. Listen, brother, let the belly out or tighten up. I, I'm, I've been in quarantine. I got my quarantine belly. I'm not ashamed of it. I'll walk around my shirt off too. Come on, Eddie. Let it all out, brother. Represent for the chubby guys if you're going to be chubby. Or, or tighten up. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.